The following is a paid commercial program on 94.3 WSC. The views expressed by the host of this program do not necessarily reflect the views of iHeartMedia, 94.3 WSC, its advertisers, sponsors, or management. This is The Real Estate Show with Rick Willis, a show about home sales, mortgage issues, investing, and everything about the American dream. And that means a lot as someone who enjoys radio and really enjoys your program. And now The Real Estate Show with Rick Willis on 94.3 WSC. Hello, Charleston. Welcome. Welcome to the Rick Willis Real Estate Show. Well, folks, we talk real estate here. Those of you that have tuned in in the past know that we speak about financing and buying a primary home and secondary homes and investment property, commercial real estate, vacant land. If it has to do with real estate, we talk about it here. So, I always welcome you to send me an email, call me or text me, by the way, to tell me what you'd like me to talk about on my show. Uh, One of the things that, as a guest host uh, on the show, I always wonder, well, what is it that you would like to hear about? And obviously, I get to pick what I speak about on my show, but... You know, I've done the show now for 19-plus years, and uh, when I sit down to plan for the show, I I wish I had three, four, or five questions from people in my audience. So let me up front just tell you what my email address is, and by all means, reach out to me with any question or comment that you'd like me to make about real estate. My email address is rick at rickwillis.com, rick at rickwillis.com, and you're welcome to text me uh, a question, 843-327-3017, and I can speak to your exact question. Well, folks, the real estate market, I always like to start off my show with giving you an update on what I see the market, where we are, where it's going, and what that means for you specifically. Well, the market has changed. And when I say the market has changed, I'm making reference to the last several months. It's one thing uh, for it to change for a week or two, but there is a new trend that is in the marketplace right now. And that trend is more and more active residential listings are on the market this week than last week. And last week, there were more than before. So for about two months now, we've had a reversal of, instead of having less and less active residential listings on the market, there's more and more and more. Now, for some of you that don't listen to my full explanation, you're going to think, well, that means uh, it's not a good time to buy real estate. No, quite the contrary. You see, When there were 6,000 active residential listings, it was a good time to buy real estate. When there were 10,000 active residential listings, it was even a better time to buy real estate. You see, let me try to give you the, the trend line here. If we go back to 2002, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, going up towards 2008, Property values were increasing, 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 
And then all of a sudden, uh, as of 2007, late 2008, the market dropped. And the bottom literally fell out of the housing market. And prices nationwide dropped 30%. 30%. And uh, they stayed down for a couple of years. And then starting uh, late 2011, 2012, after the bottom was hit, uh, the market reversed itself and property values started increasing. But at its low point, uh, meaning when there were a lot of foreclosures and the market was really bad, uh, bad as in prices had dropped a lot, uh, there were over 10,000 active residential listings. And when we got to the market improving, 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 uh, you know, 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, we reached a point where, according to the experts that track statistics, when we got to 6,000 active residential listings, uh, that was considered an equilibrium. It was a balanced market between people wanting to sell and people wanting to buy. 6,000 was the magic number. And I might add that's still the magic number. Well, time marched on. It's 2017, 18, 19, 20. And the number of active listings continued to decline. But still, we had several thousand active residential listings when the pandemic uh, actually occurred, which was now two plus years ago. And there was about a, I don't know, a couple month period where everybody panicked and the real estate activity, uh, you know, kind of dried up. People didn't know whether to buy, whether to sell, so they did nothing. But once the initial scare was over for uh, what was in store for us called the pandemic, then the real estate activity picked up like there was no tomorrow. People started relocating to the low country and actually all across the U.S. People started moving. They moved out of uh, the big cities into the countryside or uh, employers gave the employees the opportunity to work remote where People that were in New York, New Jersey, Maryland uh, could come down here to South Carolina, live, and still work in their Manhattan job, their New Jersey job, their Maryland job, their Connecticut job. And again, this occurred all over the U.S. And here we are two-plus years later, and the number of active residential listings uh, nationwide, by the way, not just here in the greater Charleston area, but nationwide, uh, dropped. There was just a flurry of activity. Uh, people buying second homes. I mean, the second home market was just booming, still is booming, by the way. People looking to get away from other people or just, you know, get farther away from their neighbors or, hey, let's let's focus on lifestyle where we can be with the family in a better location. And investors were buying because it was still very attractive interest rates. The Federal Reserve made sure the interest rates uh, were down. They were, you could be buying residential houses to live in in a two-something percent, three-something percent. And uh, 
the residential listings, uh, total active listings in this market area, got down to under 1,000 active residential listings. And remember, 6,000 is the magic number for a balanced market. Well, about two months ago, that changed. Interest rates started increasing. And where interest rates were in the threes in the last couple of uh, months, they've gone from the threes into the fives. So there was about a 2% rise of interest rates, which was predictable because the Federal Reserve said, you know, last year that in the calendar year, 2022, there was going to be seven rate adjustments. And when people said adjustments, they didn't think lower, they, they thought higher and Federal Reserve may have even used the term higher. So they warned us, and what they said came true, and interest rates went up. So the number of active residential listings now, where it was under uh, 1,000 active residential listings, we now have, as of this morning, and I record my show that you hear on the weekend, I record my show on Thursday morning, uh, as of this morning, there's 1,685 active residential listings. Translated means, in the last two months, the number of active listings has increased by 70%. Increased, meaning we've we uh, reached the low threshold of just under 1,000, and now we're uh, almost a 1,700 active residential listings. And you might say, well, is that a bad indicator? Or isn't that a bad indicator, the uninformed would say. And I say, no, it's a good thing. Uh, it's a good thing if you're a buyer. And if you are a seller, the market is still strong. There's just not quite as many people paying over asking price. Not quite as many multiple offer situations. Properties are on the market slightly longer than before. And when I say slightly, I mean just that, slightly on the market longer than before. But overall, it's a great market out there. But if you're a seller, well, here's what I'm seeing in the last two months that I haven't seen until recently. Uh, every day when I check active listings, which is every morning, first thing when I start to work out of my home office, I look at the number of active listings and price changes. And there's a lot more listings now that are having price adjustments lower, which means if you're a buyer, it's a good thing. And if you're a seller, get your property on the market right now. There's no better time than right this minute. Folks, I do this show one hour a week. And when I'm not doing the show, I'm an active practicing realtor. If you're interested in selling your house, you want to reach out to me. Let me come over, look at your home, give you an idea of what it'll bring, what I think you could do to make it more saleable, what you could do to make a higher price for it. Reach out to me, Rick Willis, 843-327-3017. And if you're a buyer, let me speak with you about representing you and being your buyer's agent. Uh, email me, rick at rickwillis.com. Call me, 843-327-3017, and we will be right back. If you have real estate questions, or if you need a market analysis on your property, call Rick right now at 843-327-3017. 
or you can email him at rick at rickwillis.com. Check out Rick's bio and access all properties on the MLS at rickwillis.com. Welcome back. Welcome back, Charleston. Welcome back to the second segment of today's Rick Willis Real Estate Show. Well, folks, we devoted the first segment of the show to talking about the status overall of the Charleston area real estate market, and it's healthy. We've got uh, more and more listings coming on the market, which is a good thing. For buyers, it means the market has slowed a touch, but not much. A few less multiple offers and a few less times that people are paying over and above the asking price. You see, there's a certain amount of time that the sellers need to be educated and acclimated to the fact that the market has shifted, the market has turned. And uh, there are sellers now starting to reduce their prices, recognizing that uh, no longer with the increase in inventory, 70% increase in inventory in the last two months, that uh, there's just not the same number of people offering significantly higher amounts over the asking price or multiple offers. So sellers are probably going to need another couple months to get fully educated, but it's happening out there right now. Well, uh, what real effect does the interest rate have on people and their buying power and the monthly payments? Every time the interest rate changes 1% and it goes up 1%, it uh, basically is taking away 10% of a person's buying power. Said differently, if the interest rate changes by 1% for the same property that you could have bought with 1% lower rate, you're going to be paying 10% more for the property. And in the last several months, interest rates have increased about 2%. So the time that you waited for the market to fall, which has not happened and will not happen, uh, you've lost 20% of your your buying power, or said differently, uh, if you choose to buy the same price point, you're going to pay 20% more. And again, remember, the Federal Reserve has promised that they're going to continue to raise the interest rates. Right now, it's kind of dormant. It's slowed down. It's flatlined. So right now, like right now, is an excellent time to be purchasing a property. So jump in, uh, whether you're an investor, jump in if you're a homeowner occupant. One of the subscription services that I uh, have sent to me on a consistent basis is a, is a gentleman named Doug Holmes, who is a licensed realtor here in Charleston, but he also provides a service for any one who subscribes to it, to know he he puts out reports uh, every month, uh, every week there's an update, and I just received this morning a report that shows for all the different subsections of Charleston what's going on with increase in median price and increase in uh, number of sales. And Some of these I thought you might have an interest in, so I'm going to Go down the list, and now these categories that I'm giving you called residential areas, these are categories in our multiple listing service. And the first one on the list here is Johns Island. Johns Island has had a decline 
year-to-date. Now, these are year-to-date numbers, January through April. Don't have May yet, but for the first four months of the year. January through April, Johns Island has a less, we have 29.4% less number of sales in Johns Island, but the median price increase is 30% Johns Island. How about that? Folly Beach to Battery Island, category in MLS. Median price, a million and fifty thousand. Folly Beach to Battery Island, medium price, a little over a thousand. And it's, but there's been a 48.5% increase in price year to date over last year. Now, let me stop on this. When I say percent price change, and I give you a figure of 48.5, does that mean that every property on uh, Folly Beach has increased 45%? No, 48%? No, it doesn't mean that. You see, it could mean that there's some sales that are occurring year-to-date that are just higher priced than bringing up the, uh, the, uh, the, the average change in price. So it, you can't take that as an automatic, but it's, you, you can look at it as a generalization. Wadmala Island, most of you probably never been there. Average price, excuse me, median price, Wadmala Island, a million one hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, they've got some larger parcels in Wadmala Island. So those of you that have not been there, uh, uh, you won't find much change from looking at it ten years ago. It's not in the path of progress, so to speak, with sewer and water. They prefer to keep it kind of lay back and rural and not get all the growth. The percent in terms of number of Sales that have occurred in Guatemala Island year to date, fifty percent increase, fifty percent additional transactions year to date. Guatemala Island, Kiowa. I know all of you have heard that name. Got a very uh, high profile golf course there and resort. Kiowa. Median property price one million four hundred forty two thousand five hundred. Median price Kiowa. Number of sales. Excuse me. Excuse me. Percent change in the number of of transactions, thirty point eight percent decline, but a sixty point three percent increase in price. Kiowa Island, Kiowa, Edisto Island. Do you know where it is? It's probably the least well known beach area in proximity to the Greater Charleston area, about an hour south of. Uh, Charleston. Median price property in uh, Edisto Island, 1610000 Percent change in price, 84% increase. Yeah, people have discovered it for sure. A couple of years ago down there, and I mean just a couple of years ago, it was still kind of dormant, undiscovered. Now, incredible what's happened on Edisto Island. We go down to uh, Mount Pleasant. And Mount Pleasant is divided into two sections in our multiple listing. You've got the part of Mount Pleasant that is north of the Isle of Palm Connector and the part that's south. North of the Isle of Palm Connector, median price, 653000 South of the Isle of Palm Connector, median price, 697000 
in terms of number of uh, uh, change in number of transactions this year to date 2022 versus 21 a decline of about uh, 30% in each area isn't that interesting Sullivan's Island wow most people know where Sullivan's Island is. Some of you have been there. Some of you haven't. But you know what the median price in Sullivan's Island is? Median price, year to date, $3,650,000. Median price for Sullivan's Island. Highest price zip code in the state of South Carolina. A 25.9% increase in price. Increase. Over last year, Isle of Palms, median price, 1775000 but a decline in about 30% of the number of transactions. Wild Dunes, at the end of the Isle of Palms, median price, million two, a drop of 40% in the number of transactions in Wild Dunes. Are you getting bored with this? Alwindal, McClellanville, an increase of 35% in the number of transactions and a 55% increase in the median price in Alwindal, McClellanville. And I'm not going to read you all of these. It would take me too long and you'd get bored and go somewhere else. Daniel Island, median price, 1075000 13.8% drop in the number of sales, but a 26.5% increase in price. So those are some specifics for our market area. And again, this is Rick Willis. I'm a realtor. I can help you buy, help you sell, or just provide free consultation. Reach out to me, folks. Call me directly, 843-327-3017. And uh, email me, Rick at rickwillis.com. Visit my website, please, rickwillis.com, rickwillis.com. We'll be right back after this break. If you have real estate questions or if you need a market analysis on your property, call Rick right now at 843-327-3017. Or you can email him at rick at rickwillis.com. Check out Rick's bio and access all properties on the MLS at rickwillis.com. Hello, Charleston. Welcome back. Welcome back to the third segment of today's Rick Willis Real Estate Show. Well, I've spent the first two segments of the program today talking about the local Charleston area market and how many listings we used to have, how many listings we do have, what's been happening with the prices. But let me give you some specific that, specifics that summarizes the last half hour of information. There's a rolling six-month average that my friend Doug Holmes provides us. And for the time from November 1, 2021 to, uh, excuse me, yeah, uh, to uh, 2022, April, we've got the number of transactions has declined 7.6%. Number of transactions declined. But the median price has increased 15.9%. So for those of you waiting for the prices to decline, I think you might grow old. Said differently, 
the prices are holding strong and still rising, even though the number of transactions is declining because there's still way more buyers, there's more demand than there is supply, and real estate is governed by and ruled by the law of supply and demand. So get with your realtor. If you don't have a realtor that you have a special relationship and a trust with, you might want to reach out to me, Rick Willis, because I help people buy, I help people sell, and I provide free consultation. And this is a market where you want an experienced realtor to help you. It's not a time to work with the friend in the business, the relative, someone you go to church with, or just someone that was referred to you that doesn't have the years and number of transactions behind them. I've done this for decades and decades, and you be the judge from listening to this show and past shows if if I know what I'm talking about. So let's continue with the program today, and let's uh, let me share with you some experience that experiences that I've had uh, helping people buy and sell and answer questions from the last show. I have somebody that called me from the last show because I talked about being a money lender that people that are very astute in alternative investments. And when I say alternative investments, only the uninformed or the people that uh, don't have options and choices and are not educated about options and choices, uh, you know, the average person either keeps their money in the bank, they have a 401k IRA that somebody else decides uh, where the their money is invested or it gets put into an annuity or something, but you see the wealthy and the high-income people, I mean like the real high-income people, people earning, you know, quarter million dollars, half million, million dollars a year and up, and people with tens of millions of dollars of assets and net worth uh, use alternative investments things that the average person isn't even aware of what's more choosing to invest in. And the hedge funds and the equity funds uh, that advise the wealthy, you know, they advise them to put a high percentage of their assets in real estate. They encourage them to be a money lender and put their money into investing in mortgages. I mean, at the end of the day, when you invest in an annuity when you buy life insurance, where does the insurance company put their money? They make loans with your money and get a significantly higher rate of return than what they're giving you. Uh, So find out where the people that pay you the money, where do the annuities, the insurance companies, again, for the annuities, where do they put their money? Answer in, in alternative investments, that you could invest your money in, you either don't know about them, you don't know enough about them. But I had someone call me from last week's show that I met with this week. And they said, Rick, I have $700,000 plus cash, and I'd like to uh, have you talk to me about how I can be a lender of that money secured by a mortgage. Be a lender. Now, it's funny. I meet people all the time, and I talk about them lending their money secured by a mortgage. And most of the time, they don't stick around long enough to hear about it. They have this fear come up 
but they don't get it. You see, if you lend money to someone else and it's secured by a mortgage, like just like the bank, instead of going to Wells Fargo, instead of someone going to Bank of America, you are the bank. There's a title search done before you lend the money. There's title insurance done. Everything is identical to how it's done for a real bank, except you, the individual, are the lender. You can have your attorney that you choose do the title search, do the closing, prepare all the paperwork, and providing the underlying asset that you're lending on, that's secured by your money you're lending, is of sufficient value. Then, and there's enough equity over and above what you loaned, you are protected. Because the worst case scenario is when you lend your money on a mortgage to somebody, they don't pay you. And I, and I, and I, I find it so interesting that I had another person call me because I had an opportunity for someone to borrow $40,000 only on a 25% loan-to-value ratio, said differently. There's a buyer who's renting a property now and wants to buy the property for $170,000. It's 25 acres of land and an old mobile home, 25 acres. And guess where there's more value in the 25 acres of the old mobile home? Of course, in the 25 acres. The person wants to borrow $40,000 on a property that's worth $170,000 to $200,000. What risk would there be for you if you were the lender to lend $40,000 to somebody that on a secured by a property that is really worth, really, Hundred and seventy to two hundred thousand. I'm going to look you in the eye and say there's no risk. And I had someone call me and say, "Well, what's the credit of this person that wants to uh, borrow this forty thousand? Now that's the first sign that this person had no clue what they were doing. You see, why would someone pay eight to ten percent interest if they had good credit and were bankable? They'd go to the bank. So I first thing I said to the person that called me was, they have horrible credit, and you shouldn't care about their credit. You should only care about the value of the asset and how much they want to borrow in relationship to the value of the underlying asset. In, in, in the people that really know what they're doing, it's called a hard money loan. Hard money loan meaning that the only thing you care about is the value of the property. Because what's the worst case here? They don't pay you. And you have a $40,000 mortgage on a property bona fidely worth close to $200,000. What do you do? You pick up the phone and you call me, if you don't know anybody else to call, but you call an attorney and say, start foreclosure proceedings. And assuming this property really from the beginning was worth one seventy to two hundred thousand, uh, guess what? You either have a choice of reselling this property or you have a choice of owning the property. But in the real world if somebody can't pay you and you get me involved, I'll go to the person that can't pay you 
and I will find another investor to take you out of your position, or I will say to the person that can't pay you, why don't we sell this property and get, you know, so that you don't have a foreclosure on your record and you can actually make some money because you own it. Let's make some money here. Well, this person didn't understand and said, I don't think I'm interested in that. Well, the gentleman that I met with this week that has 700000 probably would be very interested because he'll take the time to understand it. And by the way, I'm talking to all of you listening to me. If you don't want to buy real estate for investment or to live in, which I think you should, maybe you'd want to be a lender secured by a mortgage and get interest of 6%, 8%, 10%, 12%. And these are short-term loans. These are not 30-year mortgages. But you might have an interest in such a thing. So long story short, I'll be getting back to this particular individual or possibly yourself listening about uh, a $40,000 loan at 8% interest secured by a first mortgage on an asset worth 170 to 200000 If you have an interest in learning more about that, you might want to reach out to me, Rick Willis. By the way, if you ever forget how to reach me, you just Google my name, Rick Willis, and I come up and all my contact info. Okay, another situation that came up this week. I have a buyer, first-time buyer, looking to buy a rather low-priced property, and they're pre-approved for $200,000. And we looked at a property over the Memorial Day weekend that uh, was priced less than 150000 mobile home on 1.6 acres. And they liked it, but it needed work, and it wouldn't pass a lender test, meaning this was a foreclosure, bank-owned property. And it didn't have any floor covering. And it had a leak uh, in the bathroom that had caused some floor damage and questionable whether it needed a new roof or not. So there's probably $20,000 worth of work that needed to go into this but this buyer, even though they were approved for 200000 couldn't buy this house because it wouldn't pass the lender criteria with those respective items needing some work. So that same individual sent me an email this week, Rick, can you get an investor to buy the property for me and advance the money to buy it and the money to uh, fix it up, and then I will buy the property back once it's fixed up this gentleman's a veteran. I will buy it back with a VA loan already pre-approved for 200000 and uh, at a profit for the investor. And I said, yeah, I can make that happen. So there's another opportunity for a private investor to get involved and make a significantly higher rate of return. In this case, probably a 90-day loan, like a, a bridge loan, if you will. Help somebody out, get a property off the market, and get a higher rate of return for yourself. Folks, you got to look into something like this if you've got money in the bank. Because I know the interest rates you're not getting with money in the bank. And it's so, so interesting. The number of people listening right now that have access to money in the bank that's losing money every day. Folks, have you heard of inflation? 
See, when inflation is happening, every day your dollar is worthless. Excuse me, worth less, not worthless, but worth less money every day. That's what inflation means. The cost of goods and services are increasing, and the value of your dollar is not. So you need to make sure you're looking for places to put your money where you're going to get a higher rate of return. Folks, this is Rick Willis, and I want you to reach out to me. 843-327-3017. Please email me, rick at rickwillis.com. Visit my website, rickwillis.com, rickwillis.com, and let's talk about how I can help you make money, save money, invest money. I'll be right back after this break. If you have real estate questions, or if you need a market analysis on your property, call Rick right now at 843-327-3017. Or you can email him at rick at rickwillis.com. Check out Rick's bio and access all properties on the MLS at rickwillis.com. Welcome back, Charleston. Welcome back to the final segment of today's Rick Willis Real Estate Show. Well, folks... Somewhere in every show, I want to make sure that I tell you that this show airs two separate times during the week. We air on Saturday, noon to one. And you may be listening to that segment right here, right now, Saturday, noon to one. And in addition to that, the same show that you are listening to, uh, Saturday, noon to one, airs on Sunday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. So please tell anyone you know that you you think might get value from this, that they can listen uh, at one of either of those two times. And from time to time, I'm out of town or don't record the show for other personal reasons. We put a tape of a past show in, but there's always going to be a show Saturday noon to 1 or Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. talking real estate. And I might also say that for those of you thinking of selling your property, uh, it would be a mistake for you to list your property with anyone without having me come over to your property, look at it, give you my opinion of what I think it could sell for, how long it would take, and what might enhance its saleability. Uh, somebody who's done this for the length of time that I have has a unique way of looking at something and creating value where maybe somebody else can't see it. And I offer a very, very negotiable commission. Uh, I, I seldom, if ever, have a realtor say they can market a property for less commission than what I'm willing to do so. I look at every property uniquely. How much time is it going to take, effort, energy, money to get it sold and uh, put a value on my time, effort, energy, and money and save you money by having you list with me. So please reach out to me and every time we have a commercial break, uh, of course, I give you my contact info and I know you can find me, Rick Willis. So be happy to help you if you're looking to sell and if you're looking to buy any kind of property. You want to have a private consultation with me to see if I can be your buyer's agent. You see, it doesn't cost you, the buyer, any money to have me be the one to help you with the purchase. Because in the business we're in, when a seller lists a property, there's a portion of the total commission that they automatically allocate, meaning the seller is going to pay for it. 
that a seller allocates with the cooperation of the listing agent to pay the buyer's agent, the agent that brings the buyer to your home and writes an offer that becomes a successful contract. So reach out to me so we can have a consultation about my representing you in the purchase also. I had uh, I have a question that is not an infrequent question come up in the past two weeks. And I'm not sure I've ever directly addressed this, so I'll do it now. But a lot of people take action on this question without consulting me, consulting anyone. And the question is, should I pay off my house? You see, for some of you that have money in the bank or are going to inherit some money or you have some stocks or other assets that you have the ability to liquidate, the question of should I pay off my house comes up. And I can say that for most of you listening, the answer should be no based on what the interest rate probably is on your house. Now, in the last several years, if you bought a house, you've had a very low interest rate. Some of you that have owned your homes for longer periods, hopefully, if you had a mortgage on it, you have refinanced that mortgage. And for some of you, you have a line of credit that you have borrowed against for other things. And so there are people listening that have a mortgage. Well, let's assume that your interest rate on your mortgage is between 3 and 5%. Maybe it's lower. What is the benefit to you from paying off a mortgage? Well, you say, I don't have that debt anymore. Well, yeah, but there's called good debt and there's bad debt. If it's a credit card that you're paying 18 to 20% interest on and you have cash, by all means, pay it off. Uh, if you have a car loan and you bought a new car and you got a 1.9% interest rate on that new car loan, for God's sake, why on earth would you want to pay off a 1.9% loan? You see, most people are not good money managers, and they're certainly not good at investing, and they're certainly not good at being good business people. If you ever listen to the Dave Ramsey show and you pay off a mortgage, they have people on there to give a scream, I'm debt free. Well, again, on consumer debt, not bad thing to be debt free, but a car payment at 1.9%, come on. You want all the 1.9% debt you can get providing, keyword providing. You know how to get more return on your money than what the interest payment is. Said differently, if you know how to get 10% return on your money, and earlier today I talked about some private mortgages that are 6%, 8%, 10%, 12%, sometimes more. If you had a choice of taking the same money and getting 10% uh, interest on the money, instead of paying off a 1.9% car loan, instead of paying off a 2.875 mortgage, instead of paying off a line of credit, what's the smart business decision? Invest the money in a 10% private mortgage or pay off 
a 3.8% interest rate loan? What's the smart business decision? Yeah, you know, and then you say, yeah, but I'll sleep better. Well, change your thinking. Debt is a good thing if somebody else is paying for it. Said differently, if you have a choice of paying off your car and you get to save 2.5% interest, 3%, 4%, 5% interest, but the very same money you could invest in real estate and get 20% easily. And by the way, I had a conversation with someone this past week about how you can easily get 20% return on your money. Easily. And when I say 20%, I didn't mean a check every month for 20% come from positive cash flow. I told them that 20% consisted of cash flow, income tax benefits, principal buildup, and depreciation, making an assumption they were getting a loan. And there's going to be some principal pay down, and there's going to be some leverage. Play offense with your money, not defense. And that boils down to, yeah, but, but why? I'm very comfortable right now. Answer. Money is a good thing to have for the good it will do other people. Let me repeat that. If you have a choice of making more money with your money, even acknowledging you don't need it, you're fine the way you are, if you don't need it but you have the know-how of how to make more money with your money instead of less money, invest it and take the excess money that you say you don't need and give it away to somebody. Set up a, a trust, buy a piece of real estate, or take out a mortgage and have all the proceeds go to pet helpers or your church or some other cause bigger than you are. It has nothing to do per se with you, but if you have the knowledge, if you have the ability to generate more money that you don't need, do so. Folks, real estate is a wonderful thing. Lending money is a wonderful thing. Owning real estate is a wonderful thing. Reach out to me. Rick Willis, 843-327-3017. Email me, rick at rickwillis.com. Visit my website, rickwillis.com, rickwillis.com. Let's have a conversation and see how I can help you. Have a great weekend.